Tracy. And I'm Lena. And we love Healing Children. In fact, we're the co-owners and founders of Healing Children, LLC. And this is our podcast, The Bumpy Road to Healing, where we get real about what children need emotionally. And how best to support them. We skip the fluff. And get right to the heart of it. Today, we're going to talk about accountability. Okay. So accountability is something where I think in society as a whole, we're kind of getting confused about what it really is Mm -hmm. and what really is not accountability. Okay. And so, um, and I even see that in education, there's just this big confusion because there's a lot of different things coming down that says, you know, this is what you need to do for kids when they misbehave, or this Mm -hmm. is what you need to do. Or if you do this, kids are going to feel so much shame and guilt that they, you know, and they, and educators are starting to feel guilty about typical consequences, feeling like maybe it's too punitive, Mm -hmm. or we are learning more and more about trauma, which has been really good in understanding trauma and how it not only impacts us emotionally, but also physically. Yeah. That there is some confusion that if we have typical accountability with kids who've gone through trauma, are we going to make that trauma worse? Yeah. And so then we do these other alternative things. And so for this purpose of this podcast, we just wanted to talk about what accountability is not. Yeah. And well, and I think it's understanding why do we have to have it in the first place? <laughs> you know what I am saying? Because it's like, if it's understand, like we have to be held accountable to some, like to our behavior, mm-hmm. if we're going to be a successful adult so that we can learn and grow and mature that's right. And we can develop cause and effect thinking and so that we can make better choices. as parents, Yeah. Right? So if teachers think, you know, I'm doing X, Y, and Z to hold this child accountable and it actually is an accountability, then they may not be getting the results they want and they might be feeling kind of burnt out. Uh-huh. So like, I'm if frustrated. I think, you know, this kid was mean to another kid and I, I sat and I told them all the reasons why they shouldn't be mean to this other kid and they kind of got a big lecture, uh-huh. but then they're was no consequence. Mm-hmm. That is not accountability. Yes. In fact, it'd be better to do less talking and mm-hmm. have a consequence to that behavior for yeah. there to be accountability and for the child to learn from the mistake mm-hmm. they made. Exactly. So that leads into one of the things that is not accountability is lecturing. Right. Lecturing the child and telling them not to do it again is not accountability. No. And a lot of times, like I find myself I'm more likely to lecture when I'm too tired to actually follow through with a consequence (laughs) or think of a consequence. So I'm like, just please, please just change your behavior. Well, sometimes we just want shame Mm -hmm. to fix the behavior, right? And if we're using lecturing, we're hoping we're igniting some kind of shame in the kid to get Uh them to go, oh, I shouldn't act like that anymore. Mm -hmm. And that does work with kids who are very compliant kids, right? Or who kids want who to do the right some, thing. Yes, some conscious development. They and they're, and they're kind of easygoing and they're kind of willing to do what people ask them to do. But if you have a kid who, you know, misbehaves a lot and maybe doesn't totally trust the adults, mm-hmm. which is a lot of the students that we're talking about that we work with, um, that's not going to work on them. No. And for them, they kind of, I see them go glossy eye. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, and I know for me, I think for me, like, sometimes for lecturing, like you hate to be lectured, like it sucks, but instead of changing your behavior, you just get sneakier about it. So you don't get caught. So you don't hear the lecture. <laughs> Explain some things. <laughs> I don't want the lecture, but I don't want to change my behavior either. Well, it really could damage the relationship, I think too. Yes. So I think when we're working with kids, let's just say we have a kid who suffered some trauma 
-hmm. Maybe they come from a situation where there was domestic violence in the home. Maybe there isn't any more, but there was. Mm -hmm. And the child really doesn't trust the adults to do what they're supposed to do. So they take control and they, they misbehave a lot in the classroom. Yeah. And, um, you know, lecturing that student isn't really going to help me connect to that student either. No. You know, me holding them accountable, maybe I don't let them go to recess or maybe they, you know, where they get to play on the playground at recess is limited because of their behavior. That's going to speak more volumes. And I know they're going to be held accountable to their behavior. So they're not going to continue doing it with the accountability I have in place. So then I can connect. Then you can focus on that relationship at other times. Right. Versus if they're always getting away with it, there's no accountability. When it is time to do relationship building, you're so upset with them that you can't connect with them. Yeah. Could you start to feel maybe some, what's the word, not hostility, but resentment, resentment towards them. So, so it's, so it's understanding that accountability piece is really important when you are running a classroom. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm running a classroom. Let's say I've got 30 kids. I am expected to teach them the curriculum, mm-hmm. you know, reading, writing, and math, or whatever it is you teach. Mm-hmm. And if I have a kid who's chronically misbehaving, mm-hmm. there has to be some accountability for me to ever have a relationship with that child. Yep. So it's a super important piece to connection. It is. So some other things that are not accountability okay. are warnings and multiple chances. Ah. And you have to differentiate that between teaching because right. part of being a teacher or a parent is you do have to teach and instruct to make sure they know what it is you're asking them to do. Uh-huh. And sometimes that does take multiple attempts. But what I often see, especially when I first came into the field of school psychology is all the behavior plans would have, if they engaged in this behavior, they would get three warnings uh-huh. before a consequence. <laughs> <laughs> and what those kids learned is I get to do it three times. Yeah. And so really what we've worked on is just taking out the warnings and the first time there's a consequence or accountability in place. Mm-hmm. And it, again, if, if you've watched any of our trainings, you know that consequences, accountability and structure don't have to be harsh. No, they're not punitive and it's not used with anger. No, which I think we talk about in our next podcast, but it, it's just being consistent. So, um, so warnings and giving multiple chances is not accountability either. No. Um, I think the other part is also understanding what, like sometimes as a teacher, you redirect the kids. Mm -hmm. So redirection is kind of like a warning. So sometimes that's okay. Uh Right. So it's, it's like, I I give you the look, like we all Mm -hmm. have the look that we give kids and it's like, I know you're talking and I need you to listen. Like, "Mm -hmm." Mm -hmm. and then they look at you and then they, you're like, "Mm -hmm." and then they quit and then we move on. Right. Um, but then there's an actual warning, like this is a warning. <laughs> this is one warning. Now you've got two, <laughs> now you have three. three. So it's kind of, it's kind of knowing when and where, like, when do I redirect as a teacher? Mm-hmm. And then when do I, or as a parent? Yeah. And when is redirection part of the training and teaching part versus I have a kid with chronic behavior and it's time to lay down the time, accountability. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, the other one is um, giving treats, rewards, or bribes are not accountability. Yeah. Because we we're not wanting to beg kids to behave. We're not wanting to bribe kids to behave. Right. Um, there are times where people use reinforcement systems or reinforcement plans. That might be part of what you use. Um, but that in itself is not accountability. Or right. taking those away is not accountability. There actually has to be sections or portions of your classroom management that actually has discipline in it. Yeah. Okay. Um, sharing personal stories, hoping that through my personal stories, I'm going to motivate the child to um, behave. Now, kids love to hear stories of your life, right? Yeah. They love to hear stories of your childhood. 
those are appropriate, but not during times of discipline. Yeah. And so during times of discipline, kids are often, again, they're going glossy eyed. Uh They're annoyed with you. And the other adults around you are annoyed with you (laughs) as well. And part of that is you need to ask yourself, if I'm doing a lot of this personal storytelling during times of discipline, Mm -hmm. am I wanting the kid to like me too much? Mm-hmm. Like, is that too much what I have going on with myself? Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, I need to kind of understand that a little better. Yeah. Because p- sharing personal stories with your kids, like we do that all the time, you know, and they, and, they're, and they love, and that can stories. be very much relationship building. Yeah. Don't do it during discipline. Right. During yeah. doing times of connection, connection. And you're, they're curious about your life and they're curious about sharing. Yeah. You're not using it to try to control or manipulate their behavior. No. Okay. Yes. The other thing is um, counseling uh-huh. or relationship building. That is not accountability. Both of those things are very, very important. Um, you know, from our healing environment, relationship building is the foundation mm-hmm. of what kids need. Um, but typically, if you are, if you have good structure and you have good discipline, that in itself helps build a relationship. Mm-hmm. But also counseling, in order for counseling to work and for kids to benefit from counseling, they have to have discipline for poor or unhealthy coping skills. Because otherwise, if I'm able to yell and scream and throw fits and get what I want, sending me to a counselor, they're not going to, why are they going to latch onto your healthy coping skills? when my unhealthy ones work very quickly and very fast. And so one of the, one of the trends we're seeing in schools is if kids misbehave in the classroom, instead of having discipline or being sent to a principal's office or being disciplined or following discipline procedures, they're being sent to the counselor to fix it. Yeah. That's not going to work. Well, it's not because they're not in a position to think that they need to make any changes. No. So they have to have the, and like you said, counseling, they have to have the accountability first. Yeah. And then we can do some counseling. Yeah. And I've seen that even in like, I'll get an email that says, Hey, can you talk about so-and-so with this behavior? My first question was, has there been discipline to this behavior? Mm-hmm. Because if there isn't, me doing counseling with them isn't going to change anything. If there has been, yeah, and they've already done their consequence, then going back through it might be very beneficial to figure out a different way for them to respond. Well, the other issue is if I'm the so if I'm the counselor and I'm going in and I'm teaching my my counseling mm-hmm. lesson, and I have a student who's misbehaving, mm-hmm. it's my responsibility as a counselor to do the discipline to that behavior. Mm-hmm. Because then the kid learns when I misbehave for Miss Glover, she's gonna hold me accountable and then they learn to behave for me. Mm-hmm. If I am sending that person to somebody else, like if a teacher sending it to the counselor to do counseling, mm-hmm. they're not managing that discipline mm-hmm. and then the kid's not bonding to them either. Like the kids need to see when I'm with you, you have expectations mm-hmm. and you're gonna follow through, and you're gonna yeah. hold me to it. And yeah. there's relationship building connection that happens through all of that. Exactly. It's very, very important. And it's also kind of differentiating between when can I hold them accountable in the classroom? When does it right. need to be outside of my teaching time that that accountability needs to be occurring, but you want to be a part of that accountability, even when it needs to be school-based discipline, yeah. you want to be a part of that with the administrator as well. Um, so there are times, yes, a lot of our kids have deep hurts and pains that they need counseling for. But one of the things that we talk about a lot is that there is not discipline and accountability around poor coping skills. And we're talking about that as yelling, throwing chairs, lying, stealing, cheating, being mean to other kids. Mm-hmm. If there's not accountability around that, it's very, very hard for a counselor to make a difference. Yeah. 
Um, the other thing that's becoming kind of a big thing is creating these sensory rooms or calming corners. Now, there are times and places for those, right? You have some kids with sensory integration issues. You have kids who are learning how to calm themselves and how to manage their emotions. Those things can be very good if the children haven't misbehaved. So for sensory, I always recommend if a child needs sensory, it's integrated throughout their day at set times. Mm -hmm. You don't want them to misbehave to go to a sensory and get sensory needs met. You don't want them to misbehave to go to the calming center. Yeah. Because otherwise what they learn is if I want to set my sensory needs met, I just need to misbehave. Mm -hmm. So it almost like reinforces the whole behavior behavior. that we're trying to get the kid to quit doing in the first place. So if there's been misbehavior, there needs to be discipline Mm -hmm. and consequences. And you still want to make sure you meet those needs, Mm -hmm. but you have to balance that out so that you're not saying, oh my gosh, this kid just threw a chair. He must have sensory needs. Therefore go to the sensory room. It's like, he threw a chair, there needs to be whatever discipline procedures in place. Mm-hmm. And then if there's a pattern of that, you can figure out how to be, be preventative. Uh-huh. Meet that sensory need maybe prior, prior to him throwing a chair. Like happening. But otherwise we've taught them, I throw chairs, it's just fine. I just go to the sensory room. Mm-hmm. And so it's, we want to make sure um, that we're very careful about using these procedures that are coming. They're kind of coming down, which is, mm-hmm. it's, it's based on a lot of the new learning that we're having but it's knowing how do we use those in ways that help children grow and mature. Mm-hmm. And knowing that a sensory room, a counseling room, rewards, none of those are accountability. Those are other procedures. And those and are other ways of, of working with students. Of supporting them. Yeah. Well, and one thing you've mentioned, and it's a little bit off topic, but I think it's kind of an mm-hmm. important point is you, you talked about like when we were kids, we had swings, we had merry-go-rounds, we had all these things that kind of met sensory needs when mm-hmm. we were out on the playground. We don't have as much of that stuff. No, because of litigation. Because of litigation. So, so there could be very legitimate sensory needs Mm -hmm. that are not being met that do need to be met. Yes. But as we've said, like we've we've talked about our house and other podcasts, it's the timing of it. Mm -hmm. We don't do it after the behavior. We hold them accountable for the behavior. We make sure those sensory needs are met throughout the day. If you like what you're hearing and you want to learn more, you can go to our website at www.healingchildrenllc.org. On our website, you can read more about who we are. You can look at our online training. You can also look at our blogs on a variety of topics. You can see our most new and up-to-date podcasts. You can also engage with us in a variety of ways. Such as liking us or following us on social media. You can even hire us to come in. Or you could email us or call us. Exactly. Make sure that you sign up for our email list so that you can get the latest information about what we have to offer, including live trainings in your area. Yes, so let the healing begin. Thank you for joining our podcast, The Bumpy Road to Healing. The Bumpy Road to Healing is sponsored by Healing Children, LLC. We are both educators and mental health professionals, which gives us a unique perspective on working with children both in and out of the school setting who have severe emotional and behavioral concerns. Our mission is for all children to be emotionally healthy, happy, mature, and responsible. As adults establish healthy relationships and appropriate boundaries, we believe that children are more likely to grow and prosper. When adults understand the impact of trauma, entitlement, 
disruptive attachment and child development, including conscious development, they can better create healing environments for children. To learn more about us and what we have to offer, go to www.healingchildrenllc.org.